0: Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast, By the Still Water. It is our intent that these episodes be an encouragement in your search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. One of the most amazing places to visit in the United States is Yellowstone National Park. Every year, over 3 million people travel many hours through Wyoming or Montana to visit the park. The loop road that takes visitors through the park is over 100 miles long. Along this road, a visitor will see the amazing Firehole River and have a chance to visit geysers and hot springs. Traveling along this road, you might see bears, bison, elk, and maybe even a wolf. Few places on Earth allow you as easy access to such exotic places or animals. One of the most iconic animals that is seen in Yellowstone is the moose. They can weigh over 1,500 pounds and stand seven feet tall, and the antlers can span almost six feet across. They are also responsible for more attacks on humans than bears and mountain lions combined. Part of the reason there are so many moose attacks is that visitors to the park do not realize they are dangerous animals. Tourists approach them to take their picture, or some even try to pet them. People that don't respect the size, power, and defensive attitude of a moose will soon find themselves running away, kicked, or even killed by these massive animals. People that casually approach a moose don't understand what they're dealing with. It is a similar problem when people deal with God. Because they have no knowledge or understanding of who they are dealing with, they tend to ignore or misjudge the authority, power, and holiness of God. This misconception is the subject of Psalm 2. There are a number of things that make Psalm 2 interesting to discuss. This is written almost like a theater piece. There are four distinct voices or characters that speak. Like four actors on a stage, they are distinct and interact with one another. The first to speak is the narrator. The narrator begins the psalm with a question. Why are the nations so angry? Why are the people making such foolish plans? One of the words here that can be challenging to read in modern English is the word nation. When we hear the word nation, we think of a government. That is not how this word is used in this psalm. This is a word representing a collection of people instead of a government. The word is plural. This description reaches far and wide. The question that is being asked is, Why are people throughout the land so enraged? Why are they making such foolish plans and foolish decisions? The rulers acting on the feelings of the population echo this anger, not the other way around. But what has enraged them to stir the kings and rulers to attack? Their kings and leaders join together to fight against the Lord and his chosen king. They say, let's rebel against them. Let's break free of them. Notice the kings are speaking, and this is the second voice in the drama of this psalm. The focus of this anger is against God and the one that is described as the chosen king. Many versions describe this as the anointed. We will come back to that image in a moment. So the people of the land, including the leaders, are angry with God. They don't want to be ruled or led by God or his selected king. They cry out, let's break free. We don't want to think about moral or spiritual things. We want to rebel and do only what we think is right. God will not be master of our hearts or our minds. Here in just three short verses, the writer captures the attitude and hostility we see today towards God. It is not new. It is one of the key reasons that making moral and spiritual decisions based on popular opinion is so dangerous. No matter what you call it, the crowd, the world, the culture, all of it trends towards hostility against the words and authority of the God of heaven. Think about those people that visit Yellowstone. It is like the ignorance and foolishness that causes people to approach a moose. The picture would be someone shouting at a 1,500-pound moose, and they are going to touch the moose whether he likes it or not. That would not turn out well for the tourist. For those that understand and have real knowledge, they would never dare do that. That goes against everything they understand about those huge animals. If we understand who God is, ignoring or rebelling should not enter our mind because the third voice in this psalm is that of God. But the one who rules in heaven laughs at them. The Lord makes fun of them. He speaks to them in anger, and it fills them with fear. He says, I have chosen this man to be king, and he will rule on Zion, my holy mountain. The threat issued by the rulers and the people of the earth does not provoke any fear or anxiety from God, just ridicule and anger at the waste. God says the ruler is the one he has chosen. This is a key, maybe the key idea in all of the Bible. Man must understand that the God of heaven is supreme. He is the force that man cannot overcome, the authority that will not be ignored, and his word rules over all. God has chosen the king that will execute that rule. To choose rebellion is to choose defeat. Really, the statement is pointing to this one identified as his son. This is echoed in an event in the life of Jesus. He takes Peter and James and John to the top of a mountain. Mark chapter 9 records that Jesus was changed. His clothes became shining white, whiter than anyone on earth could make them. Then two men were there talking with Jesus. They were Elijah and Moses. After that, Peter makes a foolish statement about staying on top of the mountain forever. But a voice comes from above and says, This is my son, the one I love. Obey him. This is the same message as Psalm 2. It is simple, yet profound. It is also quite universal. Throughout the Bible story, people were told to do different things. Abraham was told to leave his home and clan in what would be modern Iraq to go to another land that God would show him. Noah was told to build an ark. But what links them together is the principle that what God commands, we should obey. Peter and the apostles were told to go throughout the world to make people into disciples of Jesus. In Matthew 28, Jesus tells them how to do that, both the beginning place and the key principle. He says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. Notice the end of the phrase. Jesus indicates that disciples are those who are baptized and those that follow one key principle. They do or observe All that he has commanded. They must be students of the word and the commands of the king. They must be those that observe those commands because they are his commands. Look at how that concept fits into the drama that is being shown to us in Psalm 2. The next voice is that of the chosen one himself. He reports what has been promised. Let me tell you about the Lord's agreement. He said to me, Today I have become your father, and you are my son. If you ask, I will give you the nations. Everyone on earth will be yours. You will rule over them with great power. You will scatter your enemies like broken pieces of pottery. The son, the anointed, this one selected as king, he has power and rules because of the promise made by the father. Clay pottery is fragile. Drop it, and it will shatter into many pieces and cannot be repaired. The rebellion by the nations and their king is so weak and fragile, it shatters into a million meaningless pieces. So, let's sum up where we are. The narrator says that the people and the leaders of the world cry out that they want to throw off the burden of God. In response... God laughs at their feeble and wasteful rebellion and answers them in anger that he has chosen the king and it is his son that he loves. The son then confirms what the father declared. Then the narrator speaks again. So, kings and rulers, be smart and learn this lesson. Serve the Lord with fear and trembling. Show that you are loyal to his son, or the Lord will be angry and destroy you. He is almost angry enough to do that now, but those who go to him for protection, they will be blessed. The end of the psalm offers everyone a choice. The narrator pleads with the people to learn this lesson, rebel and suffer the consequences, or choose to be loyal subjects of the king and be blessed. This may be the oldest piece of drama known to exist. Listen as the players speak their parts. The people are in rebellion against God, but it will not end well for them. God has given all rule and authority to his Son. He will bless those that acknowledge his sovereign rule, but will shatter the rebellion. This is not a fictional play, but an insight into the conflict each person must resolve for themselves. We are told time and again that we must recognize the authority of God. How will this drama end for you? Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. It is our desire that these messages reflect the true word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at ByTheStillWater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Buy the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.